All right. Good morning, everybody. The bathroom line is nice and long and strong already. Good job. If you know, you know. And if you got to go, maybe go next door. No. You could. That is option B. All right. But this is nice. You get to still listen and observe while you're waiting your turn. So um, if I've not met you, my name's Tommy. I get to pastor this church, which is a huge joy and honor. And um, good morning. Good morning, everyone. Um, we got a few things that have been a little different in the house, and we get to, to go off-roading together. And um, that's, that's been really fun to ex- experience and to go there with you guys. So rather than a normal sermon today, we are continuing what God started a couple weeks ago, where we opened up the space for, for individuals to come forward that had some sort of testimony of what Jesus has been doing in their life. The real person of Jesus who is alive and well and moving and operating in our lives, how he changes lives, how he transforms, how he takes you out of the mire and the clay and the pit and sets your feet upon the rock. And we get to see living testimonies, our friends here in the house who have met Jesus and walk with him and watch his power change and transform lives. And so we're gonna continue that in just a moment. Um, I wanted to brief you guys. I, I took a trip to, uh, to Kentucky a few weeks ago, and um, we've got an alum of Asbury in the house here. I think there's actually a couple of you um, that graduated from Asbury. But if you're not aware, Asbury College and Seminary in Kentucky has gone through, you can find your own verbiage for it, but um, some call it a revival, some call it an outpouring, some just call it like a special presence of God that's poured out. But what, what took place was an ordinary day, an ordinary service, an ordinary chapel where someone spoke, but there was a few students who just lingered. Sometimes it just takes a little bit of lingering, doesn't it? A few students lingered with a prompting from God, I'm not done yet. And one student came forward and just started confessing his sins before those present, just opening up with vulnerability, opening up with saying, I, I repent, I turn from these things and I turn to God. I turn from these things and I turn to God. And that, spre- that special presence that lingered within a few students, a few hours later, several more students started joining And then several more students started joining. And what transpired was not something that was forced, not something that was hyped up, not something that was professionally done, but those that were hungry came to the feet of Jesus and stayed at the foot of the cross gazing at the beauty of Jesus for hours and hours that turned into all night long, that turned into the next day, that turned into the whole student body experiencing the sweet manifest presence of God for days and days, which turned into weeks. 24-7, nonstop prayer, worship, short teachings, testimony, sharing from scripture. But there are so many beautiful elements from this particular outpouring. And I think it's important that we take note of those It doesn't mean that it becomes a formula because God can do what he wants to do in any place at any time. And so sometimes it grieves me when people come in and they're trying to mathematically calculate how to to reinforce what God was doing there. And this is how it should be done. But I think there's beautiful, specific things that we can take note of as we observe as we sense what God's doing in one place, because how many of you know that God doesn't wanna just contain it to one place? He's actually awakening us, he's reviving us to full life in Jesus. And sometimes it takes a special place to reinforce what he wants to do in a specific hour. And I believe coming out of the past several years, coming out of COVID, coming out of a place where there's so much hype, where there's so many voices that are preaching and speaking Jesus, so many celebrities now in the church, and the Lord's like, 
here we go. I'm going to use some ordinary college students to humble the Church of America. In fact, there were, there were big names that were like, we'd love to come lead worship there. We'd love to come preach. And the university said, thanks, but no thanks. There's a sweetness here in the body. We know that they're not as professional as you guys are, but we're going to just foster the special thing that Jesus is doing in the house. In fact, there were huge news networks that were wanting to show up as well. And the university said, please, please don't come. We, we don't want to, to change and transform the sweetness of what Jesus is doing here. This is, this is a reviving on the campus. And though, you know, we can try to make it a formula and, and, and try to make it into our own thing, because we do that, don't we? There was something about going and experiencing what Jesus was doing uniquely. And it's hard to put it into words. You know, when you go on a missions trip and you've, you've spent a week and a half in Belize or some, some random country that you go to and you come back and someone's like, how was it? How was your trip? And your mind's flooded with a myriad of things that, that God was doing on that trip, right? But on this specific trip, something that I wanted to highlight was was not so much the fireworks of coming into a, a building and being like, whoa, the electricity in the room. You know, I can barely stand up. It, it wasn't like that for me specifically. But what I felt and experienced was I really liked time on my knees and I liked time low to the ground. And we would sing ordinary church songs. There were, there were no lyrics even up on the screen. But we would sing, what a beautiful name. And we'd sing, let it rain. And we'd sing, Holy Spirit. All these familiar songs. But the lyrics would hit my heart in such a way like I had, had almost never heard them before. And it was like the Lord's power was, was on the very words that we were singing, causing me to go into a place of just tears before the Lord. I wasn't crying about my life. I wasn't crying about heavy things. I was just moved to the sweetness of who Jesus was. And there was a billowing of that in that space. And I could look around and others were moved in such a way. In, in the main auditorium where, where most of the, the college students were, there was a, a, large, um, a large altar in front where they had so many prayer servants ready, ready to pray with individuals. And people were coming forward, just repenting of the things they were caught in, addictions, sin patterns, areas of their life, struggling with fear, whatever it might be. And these, these individuals partnered with them to see freedom in their lives. And there was not a rush to get through to the next person. And I think there's something really special about that lingering presence that lingering presence of Jesus. And as I chatted with individuals and heard like what God did in, in freeing them from different areas in their life, it was beautiful. So I'm just sharing some of this just, just to give a little bit of like a foretaste of what we can experience in the house. It's like, what does Jesus wanna do here? What does he wanna do in this house? And something that I feel like the Lord has been speaking for a while is, is a, a drenching and a submerging in the experience of the love of God in this house. What would it look like to be a place of God's presence where when we, when we come into this atmosphere and into this culture and into homes that we're drenched in the love of God, submerged and changed and transformed by his love. And that's something that I feel like the Lord is wanting to do in this place. And so I, I wanna read from Luke chapter eight. Would you guys turn with me? And Louisa, would you mind coming up and playing? Luke chapter eight. I'm going to briefly look at what's happening right before here, but 
We're going to be looking at verse 43, Luke 8, 43. Right before this specific passage, Jesus is with his disciples and, and people are grabbing at him for attention. They're seeing the miraculous works that this, that this man is doing. Could this be the Messiah? Is this a prophet? Is this a healer? What's happening here? And so this man who is over one of the synagogues has a daughter that passes away. And Jesus is on his way to bring healing, full resurrection to this girl. And as he's, as he's moving forward, the crowds are pressing around him. There's people shoving in the streets. They wanna see what's going on. There's, there's a disturbance, a holy disturbance in the town. And it says, as Jesus went, the people pressed around him. And there was a woman who had a discharge of blood for 12 years. And though she had spent all of her living on physicians, she could not be healed by anyone. So for 12 years, a woman had had an issue of bleeding. Now, for us, we would have immense compassion on someone like that. For the Jewish community at the time, they were considered unclean. She was unclean. She couldn't spend time in worship. She couldn't be around other individuals. She was isolated, alone, hurting, in pain, emotionally, physically, and had spent all of her living on trying to find a solution for this. She wanted to seek God, but she couldn't even spend time in the synagogue because of her issue of being unclean. 12 years. And some of you guys have been struggling with things for years and years, whether it's physically, whether it's, it's mental patterns, whether it's, it's a marriage that's been on the rocks forever. We all have been struggling with things that feel like it takes as long. And maybe you've spent all of your money and your time trying to get well. Well, you can identify with this woman who spent 12 years and all of her savings trying to get well. So here she is. She came up from behind Jesus and touched the fringe of his garment, the hem of his garment. And immediately her discharge of blood ceased. Just by touching the end, the hem of Jesus' garment, Jesus stopped in the middle of the crowds. There were people pressing all against him, but in a moment he felt a surge of power move through him. And he had a word of knowledge that someone had touched him, more than touching him because of the crowd, but someone had touched him. And Jesus said, who was it that touched me? When all denied it, Peter said, Master, the crowds surrounding you are pressing in on you. But Jesus said, someone touched me for I perceive that power has gone out from me. And when the woman saw that she was not hidden, she was trembling, falling down before him, declared in the presence of all the people why she had touched him and how she had been immediately healed. And Jesus said to her, daughter, your faith has made you well. Go in peace. And we've been on this theme of hunger, a theme of desperation, a theme of we've, we've, we've tried it all, but we just need Jesus. We just need a touch from Jesus. He is a God that can take a lifetime of hurt and pain and in a moment see total healing and transformation. He is that God. He is that King of glory. And he's still living. And so I, I believe that the power of this living word is meant to hit our hearts today and bring a fresh hope, a fresh fire of what is possible as we just reach out and touch the hem of his garment. And so we're gonna open up some space here for some testimonies, those that have been touched by Jesus. And we're gonna free flow a little bit. You guys have done an incredible job free flowing with us. And, um, 
And so I'm gonna go ahead and invite those individuals to come forward and, and stand behind Louisa. There should be about five or so of you. So you guys can come on now. And let's go ahead and pray together. God, it's our pleasure to continue to make space for you to move, to testify about who you are, Jesus. The living God, the one that we get to walk with, the one that transforms and changes us. And so we ask that as we testify about Jesus, that this would glorify you, that this would leap within our hearts, that even those that, that testify and those in the room that have a similar area would find that instant healing and breakthrough just by the power of what Jesus has done and will do again. And so we thank you that as we declare the truth of who Jesus is, it releases breakthrough for the impossible to bow at the foot of the cross. And so we make space this morning. Just wanted to say thank you so much for Tommy for making space. This doesn't happen in normal churches, so it just feels like such a holy thing. So thank you. Oh, I'm a bit nervous, sorry. Um, I just wanted to start with what I want to share with a little bit of where I came from because it has to feed in to it. Um, so half my family are from Wales. I don't know if you've ever heard of it before, but <laughs> lots of sheep there. Uh, and my, my grandmother and my family are from this tiny little town where the Welsh revival took place. And um, my grandmother um, wasn't a Christian all her life, but when she was 50 years old, she decided to not go out to the club that evening and stay in and watch a uh, movie. And this movie happened to be a Christian faith-based movie. And right there and then, after she, or as she was watching the movie, the Holy Spirit came upon her. She didn't know what the Holy Spirit was. And she was like, I love Jesus and was a completely changed woman after it. She did try to show her whole family the same movie afterwards and didn't have the same effect, but God used that movie to radically transform my grandmother. And I'm only standing here today because of my grandmother's faith. She prayed for me. She, uh, I was completely deep in sin, completely, you know, drugs, everything, really crazy, crazy upbringing and the Lord took me out and saved me. So um, I'm sharing that because fast forward to our favorite year, 2020, um, I moved to, I, moved, I left everything, uh, my home, my community, and I decided to follow the call of God to Los Angeles um, because I felt the Lord say um, a couple of years previous to that, that he was going to bring revival to the Jewish people in a time of turmoil. And I thought it was going to be an earthquake, not a pandemic. But I, it was, uh, yeah, it was, it was something that no one expected. And, and it really, um, I really came out here with a lot of hope. And not just for revival, but also God had spoken to me about finding my future husband here. And my calling uh, to production and to the film industry and obviously COVID was not like anything we ex ever expected so um, he fulfilled he fulfilled a lot of faith he, he gave me a lot of favor in the faith-based production world but I had a lot of disappointment in the finding the husband world so uh, lots of like tears but also excitement for stepping into um, the faith-based calling. So two years of just really like laying that down. Um, I've never shared about finding uh, husbands on, on, in a platform like this before. It's so weird, but anyway, go for it. <laughs> and... Um, <laughs> and so... Uh, yeah, so then fast forward to um, 
six months ago, summer of 2021, I took a job in the, for a faith-based TV show that was filming in Wilmore, Kentucky, partnering with Asbury University. And I totally wanted to say no, because I didn't want to spend my summer in Wilmore, Kentucky, where there's literally three shops. And uh, I wanted to be in LA, clearly. That's where my, I thought my husband was going to be. So um, I, I said yes, mostly out of needing finances. And I went to Wilmore, Kentucky, to Asbury University. And when I say that this has got to be the Lord pouring out His Spirit at Asbury, because I would have never guessed that in this tiny little town, which I thought was incredibly religious, when I was walking and praying around it, I just am so shocked by what God is doing there. So I was on this faith-based TV show and I ended up meeting a guy who has lived in LA for 17 years and um, we had a lot in common and he's in the film industry and um, very strong believer. And he probably was nothing what I thought he was gonna be. Just like the revival was not what I thought was gonna you know, happen in Asbury, but we ended up dating and meeting there in the most unsexiest place. And, <laughs> and, I just was, you know, God was, but the Lord was in it. And what's so special is actually God was in it. And it didn't look like what I was going to think it was going to look like, but the Lord was in it. And, you know, we've been dating for six months now, talking about marriage. And and now the the, revival is breaking out in Asbury. And now we have a sexy story of, like... And so what my, that sounds so weird, sexy story. Um, But now what I really feel the Lord wanted me to share this testimony, the reason why is because sometimes I I have 100% doubted that God can make a really amazing story out of your lives. And um, I just want to say that He can. It might look different to what you think it's going to look. And the timing might be completely off, but He absolutely can. And I also want to just pray over people who are in this season of wanting to find a partner um, and also who um, yeah who want to find a partner and have just kind of given up hope because that's where I was at to be honest and then God showed up so yeah I just want to pray that um, I just want to pray that Lord I pray that eyes would be opened to who you have I thank you that um, it's not a coincidence. I just really don't feel like it's a coincidence that I met um, my boyfriend at Asbury University in this unlikely place. And I really feel like that this revival, this next wave of God is going to bring out kingdom marriages. And, I, and they're going to be um, marriages where there's similar destinies, similar callings, similar, you know, you can actually have um, a marriage that is going to be um, so healthy and, and holy. So I just pray that that you would just bring the the right men, the right women for people in this church, for even in Los Angeles. I pray that Los Angeles would be known for healthy marriages and kingdom marriages. And, oh. and I, I also pray, God, for people who are in the film-based in entertainment industry here. I really feel like that the Lord is going to use the faith-based film industry, even though we've bashed it and we've said terrible things about it. God, I just pray and bless every single person that has been uh, relentlessly going after film and media. And I pray that your favor upon them for open doors, the same crazy open doors I've had, I pray upon them. Thank you, Jesus, for everything that you have done to make a great story. And thank you that you're making a great story out of everyone's life in this room. Amen. feel a prophetic song coming on me. We found love in an unsexy place. Sexy love in an unsexy place. Ayana. Great intro. Thank you for that. <laughs> caveat. caveat. Um, so about three weeks ago, I was having a conversation with a friend. I was having a lunch and she ended up telling me this story about um, this time in her life that she um, 
she was not able to really receive, like, she, a friend of hers confronted her. It was just like, hey, we've been spending time, you know, this whole weekend, I've been loving on you, giving compliments, you haven't received any of it, why is that? And she, um, in that moment, she had to admit there was like some, um, some pride or some arrogance or some reasons that she wasn't, though surrounded by people, though surrounded by, um, you know, good things, she was not able to internalize those things. And so whenever I'm talking with people, I always listen for what the Holy Spirit is saying. God speaks to me through people all the time. And I saw myself in her story. And um, I've, I've found that I was raised in the tradition that it's more holy to give than to receive, which it is, right? Um, but as Christians, sometimes we can bend more towards um, not allowing us to, to, to be reciprocal, I guess. But anyway, in the conversation, she was like, just imagine, like, even just practically, if your bank account was only getting withdrawals and never getting um, any income, what would happen? So I just, like, something shifted. And even in that conversation, a few things that were said that I tangibly was like, thank you, I received that. And it, it was so uncomfortable. I literally, in my chest, I was like, this doesn't feel weird, but I'm going to say it by faith. So I was like, throughout that week, I was just being more conscious of that because that's something that's really big. What Tommy was just saying, even about the, the woman with the issue with 12 years, like sometimes there's those things, particularly inner things that can feel so hard to break or whatever. So end of this week, okay, same week. Uh, that was the top of the week. End of the week, I get an email from someone I don't even know I work with, um, but um, but basically was like, there was some funds that were just deposited into your account, like a savings account. I didn't even know I had it, um, retirement account, whatever. And in the conversation, it was just like, every time you weren't saying, I received that, or I, I received that word, I received love even from God, $1,000 goes into your spiritual bank account. That was what I took. <laughs> so into that week, I got like a very like clear kind of confirmation. I'm very financial numbers and stuff. But anyway, um, I wanted to share that testimony because when God talks to me in signs like that, I really take it to heart. And I, I've seen even just over the last few weeks, and I'm believing that to continue that, um, that there's an inner transformation that will happen, often like the you know, spiritual realm is causal and what have you. But anyways, I want to share that because I've seen and I'm seeing and continuing to see how God's like transforming me by receiving his love and being a vessel for that so that we can then give from that place of overflow. And if anyone is like me, <laughs> my testimony has been years of dealing with like um, just self-rejection, self-hatred, all those things. I just want to pray a prayer blessing over you. Um, God, I just pray that um, for every person that may struggle with that or can relate to that, God, that you would, um, that the eyes of their heart would be flooded with light to know the hope that they have and the inheritance they have in the saints. God, I thank you that um, any, um, even if they're uh, spirits of self-hatred, shame, rejection, God, that those things will be broken off and replaced with the love of God. We thank you, God, that you engraft us into your family and into your, um, and that you would just transform us with, yeah, just with the love of God. And as we continue to grow in that, we can then share that with many others. In Jesus' name. Amen. Thank you, Ayana. Anthony. Um, so thank you guys for welcoming me. I, I feel I have a really powerful testimony. Um, the last 24 months have been the most amazing uh, time I've ever spent with the Lord. And God has um, really blessed me and upgraded me in ways I never thought possible. Um, you know, I mean, um, the Lord blessed me with uh, two businesses. Um, I actually went shopping for my dream cars, and I just decided I didn't want them. Um, and <laughs> uh, but I'll say the test drive was pretty amazing. <laughs> um, but I feel like the most significant thing um, that the Lord has walked me through is um, exiting uh, my time with the LGBT community. Um, um, you know, I know that um, uh, a lot of people don't believe that that's possible. Um, and it's not an overnight process. Um, but um, it is possible, and I know we're in L.A., so I'm not the only one. 
uh, probably even here in this room, and I just want to tell you that, um, you know, for me, uh, my experience wasn't, it wasn't a prayer, it was a, a process that took several years to get through, and if that's something that you're struggling with, I just want to let you know that the Lord will help you with that, um, and I would just encourage you that sometimes it is frustrating, sometimes it feels like the world is against you, um, but uh, if you just turn those things over to the Lord, uh, God will help you with that. You will be healed of that, and your life will be changed. Yeah, definitely, and I'd love to pray with you and don't feel like you need to stand up or identify in any way. Um, but for those people that do struggle with that, Lord, we just come before you, God, humbly, Lord, and we just ask, God, that you would begin to minister to their hearts and in their lives, God, and people would begin to lay things down and turn it over and submit to you, Lord. And Father, we just thank you and we praise you, God. In Jesus' name, Lord, we pray, amen. Amen. Thank you, Anthony. Krista. I love this man. Hi, guys. Okay, so my name is Krista, and so to preface a little bit, today in worship, and then when Richard shared the Mark sermon, um, the Holy Spirit started to, like, speak to me about numbers. Often he speaks in numbers, right? Some of us, like, are like, well, these are numbers. Um, and he told me to do the math from 2011 to today. And I was like, oh, my gosh, 12 years, 12 years, 12 years. So it's, it's, <laughs> so it's 2011 was the year that I started my professional acting career. I went to Conservatory of the Arts and, um, I always had this, you know, dream like a lot of us here do that, you know, we're gonna we're gonna change the world through our creativity, through our artistry, and um, I always thought that. I always knew that since I was very little. So it wasn't even like a, I'm gonna do it. It was like this confidence, like this holy confidence that came from a child, and it's 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 pretty surreal. But then, of course, like it happens in life. Um, get to whatever your hub is. I'm from New York, so I ended up in New York City. And um, it was a rude awakening. And, you know, I was very fresh and naive and excited and I worked my butt off and I just like was like determined, you know what I'm saying? Like, and I had a relationship with God, but I wasn't submitted surrendered and that came much later much later but I was like doing all these things going on, on all these castings and doing all the things and I got a lot of roles um, that were not who Jesus sees me as right because you know when you're trying to get it you just take whatever you can get, right? When we don't know who we are, when we, we haven't received the spirit of adoption, we think, well, let me just take whatever I can because this opportunity won't be available tomorrow, so I have to take it now, right? And so I was in an extreme spirit of um, like slavery and like lack mentality and orphanhood. And that is what I feel is over the artists, right? Like when I go to New York, when I'm in LA, it's like this crazy wave of like these lost boys and girls, like Peter Pan, like that just need to be found. And so, you know, it, it was a lot. Like we, I, I did, you know, it's like, oh my God, SAG eligible, yeah! Like, right, it's like all the things, right? Like, but Jesus is very clear. It's like, you've came the whole world but forfeit your soul. And I've actually never shared this story before, but I really, three weeks ago, um, when Tommy opened this up, like I just had a huge encounter right there. And this amazing man, Brandon, came and, and prayed for me and just read my mail, man. Like, and he said, I feel like there's, there's something that you know that the Lord has forgiven you for, but it's time for you to forgive yourself. And I was like, okay. And so I just felt like I can't do that. 
And so I'm sharing this because I need your help. And I feel like when you, when you expose something, especially sin, it's completely, completely bowed to the, th the authority of the kingdom. And I believe it with my whole heart. King Jesus has saved me and set me free and I am not the same woman that I was 12 years ago. Like, but along the journey of these 12 years, I feel like the woman with the issue of blood, like I, I worked in the most amazing places. I was surrounded by all the celebrities. I had favor upon favor upon favor, but I didn't know what I was supposed to do with it. And so I met this producer one time and, you know, we hit it off. And one thing led, you know, one thing led to the other. And I was actually sexually abused by the industry. He said that he would give me a role. And he said that, um, you know, promise me the world, right? And what do you do when you're 26 years old in a big city and you're like, I don't really, okay. And you, when you go into these situations and it gives you so much compassion for the world, for women, for men that think that that's the only way, right? Like that, like selling your body is the literal only way to make a living. And I was one of these people like, I would never do that. And I did that. And it has haunted me for 12 years. And I walked away from the industry that day and I was like, this is not God's will for my life. Like, how could I get to that point of total abandonment of self and everything that I knew? For what? For a role? And so the Father, like he does in his sovereignty, he gives us grace upon grace upon grace, but then sometimes when we go too far, he's like, daughter, we're done. I'm stepping in and I'm pulling you out, plucking you out, and I'm placing you because it's time to heal, because it's time for me to show you who you are as my child first before you go and submit to somebody else. Because if you stand for everything, you really stand for nothing. And so, this has been the most healing time of my life, like completely. I just thought, okay, like I wasn't made for acting. I was made for prophecy. Like all of a sudden I got hit with the Holy Spirit and I was like prophesying over people. And I'm like, oh my God, this is what I was made to do. I'm a prophet of the Lord. Let's go. <laughs> and I was like filled, like four years of ministry, like doing the thing, like went to three years of Bethel and like, you know, the whole thing, right? And then the Lord's like, knock, knock, knock. The time's up, baby girl. Like, this is not the thing that's gonna replace the thing. Like the performance orphan spirit, like that ain't it. And so for the last year, he basically took away my voice. Like I had to shut down Instagram, shut down all the things, blah, 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 right? And I'm like, what are we doing? And slowly but surely, he started speaking to me about LA and I was like, oh, hell no. <laughs> like, we're not going there. Like, I laid that down. Like, you plucked me from the pit of destruction and you gave me new garments. You dressed me in white. Like, why would I want to go back to like Sheol? And so it's just been this wrestle and this wrestle and this wrestle and he's just like, I've called you to the industry. I never said that I wanted to lay you down. I wanted to make you brand new and I wanted your heart. <laughs> and so the testimony that I have to share, there's so much, I'm standing here and I've completely like surrendered my sexuality and my body. The last five years have been a complete transformation. Like God can heal you. When you have these addictive personalities and when you think that you're just good for your body, like uh, trust me, God is real. <laughs> like, wow, it's amazing. Like, it's amazing. And so I'm like, wow, Jesus, okay, so, okay, what are we doing in LA? Because I ain't doing that. I don't, I don't, I'm not, I'm not trying to make it. Like, let me just start calling the agents and like, oh my God, like I want to act. No, we're not doing that. And he, and so then slowly he was, I, I just really got kind of sassy with him. And I, I I'm, I'm saying this to say that I truly was still holding on to that issue of blood. Like, he, he told me, like, daughter, your faith has made you well. But then what happens when you look in the mirror and you still see the woman with the issue of blood? Like, 
a lot of the times that's not talked about. Like a lot of the times we don't know how to like, okay, he does these miracles, but then we go home with ourselves every day. And then I have to stare at myself every day and then I have to be like, what happened? Like slowly that thing has been like corrupting my vision of what I see in front of me. And then all of a sudden I'm not worthy for a kingdom marriage. And all of a sudden I'm not worthy for those roles that are happening, faith-based in the chosen. Like, oh no, I'm too unclean, unclean, right? And so I just really feel like there's this grace that he's releasing at this moment over my life that I wanna share with you. And what he did after me saying no and wrestling to, to LA for nine months, I didn't wanna be here guys, I didn't wanna be here. And I'm like, all right, I'm gonna go, but you're gonna have to, you're gonna have to speak really loudly because there's only one reason and one reason only that, I, okay, two. Two reasons that I would be in LA. My husband's here and purpose in the industry, right? That's it, like you gotta make it so clear. I'm not wasting time anymore. I'm not 26, right? And so, so I get, <laughs> finally after nine months of homelessness, praise Jesus for friends that give you couches. Um, I get my place and literally five days from the day that I get my place, grace, right? Five, the number of grace. I forgot that I said yes to the serving opportunity and I didn't even know what it was. I end up in the middle of a Hollywood mainstream award show and I'm serving and I'm there amongst all these like, like people, like, like Paul Abdul, Dolly Parton, like all like, like Mark Wahlberg, like all these people that I have probably served in the past or like made their martinis or something. And I'm like full circle moment. And from the beginning to the end, I feel the presence of God falling in that place and people like the chosen were like there and they were, and I'm like, what is happening? And Jesus is like, you said that you needed a sign that, that, that my will aligns with your will. Well, here it is, baby girl. I'm sitting you in the seats. I was filling seats, guys. I was a seat filler. So what happens is in award shows, you fill a seat when somebody gets up to get their award. I was, I was sitting in a seat of someone that went to get an award for best producer. Do you see what he's doing? What? I'm sitting in the seat of a producer in Hollywood that went to go get an award and he's a believer and the Lord is like, I'm washing the blood off of your, like off of your white garment that you still get to see. Like no longer is that producer that violated you is gonna be the end of your story. I'm putting you in positions now to sit with righteous kingdom producers. So I just wanna release that right now. God, I thank you for the redemptive story of every single person in this room, including me, God, that 12 years of issues, of addictions, of our self-loathing behavior because you've forgiven us, but we can't seem to forgive ourselves. God, that breaks today. That breaks today. That breaks today. That breaks today. Holy Spirit, I pray that you would just come so close and whatever happened in these stories, in these souls, in these hearts, under the sound of your voice, God, today, that you would just go in and do only what you can do and give them that big redemptive moment that what was meant for evil, destruction, despair, that you will turn and make glorious and beautiful and new Jesus. Even though we don't know where it's going, I don't know, I don't know, I'm just gonna say, Yes, amen. I will be getting best producer one day. I don't know. I'm sitting in the seats, right? But God, I just thank you that you're that freaking good. That you're that real. That when we stop believing in ourselves, you never do. And so God, I just bless what you're doing in Los Angeles. I bless what you're doing in Hollywood, God. Wow, I bless the cleansing like wave that's coming in from people that have been burned by the church, burned by the industry, God, that there will be a marriage, Lord, in Hollywood that say, wow, I have like been uh, demonizing you because I've been demonizing myself. Let's work together, brother. Let's work together, sister. Let's advance this kingdom. So God, I thank you for dropping that today because I'm walking away, no more issue of blood. 12 years, 12 years, I was an actor. And I'm like, I can't do this anymore. And so God, I stand with my brothers and sisters to keep me accountable that I will walk 
as if I've been healed. And I will come into this place as if I am a daughter of the King, because I am. And I bless that over everyone in this room in Jesus' name. Amen. Rena, do you want to wait on it or today? She doesn't know. Holy Ghost. She's, she's coming forward. Let's go. All right. Holy Spirit, move through our dear friend Rena here. Uh, it seems to be a theme today. Um, few weeks ago, um, the Lord gave me a picture. He speaks to me through pictures. And um, it was of someone's body. And I saw the bones. And they were right up here in the upper chest. And they were white and flaky. And I felt like there was leprosy in the bones. And the Lord told me the bones are the architecture of the body. But these bones were corrupted by shame, guilt, and fear. The next week I had a picture during worship. There were monarch butterflies on one of the worship leader's shoulders and they were released over the worship team and then they were released over the, the body. And I felt like God was releasing his sovereignty and his kingship over the body. And he, and he reminded me that the monarch has a three-generation migration cycle. So it takes three generations for them to complete what they have been designed to do. And he said, every caterpillar has the ability to become a butterfly. And I really felt like the Lord wanted to close the door, a generational door or a habitual door, on any source of fear, shame, and guilt that has been holding us back, that has, he said it was the leprosy of today. Because we hold ourselves back, we isolate ourselves, we take a step back and say, it's fine for them, but not for me. And haven't we had enough? Show. <sighs> so, just going to pray. I don't know what else to do. <laughs> Father God, you are good. <laughs> Thank you, Jesus, that you have paid the price for us to be set free from all guilt, all shame, and all fear. So, Lord, whatever doors have been opened, whether it's generational or cultural, something we learned as we were children, something we've put upon ourselves, I thank you for closing those doors in our thinking, in our self-talk, Lord God. Closing those doors and opening the doors, Lord God, so that we can think three generations ahead. Shonday, Karama Sunday so we can walk in the truth of who you paid for us to be, your sons and your daughters. Jesus. Thank you, Lord. Thank you for doing a sovereign work in my brothers and sisters and in me, Lord God. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. And yesterday when I was praying about this moment, I saw drops of Jesus' blood all suspended in the air throughout the room. And as we said yes and invited him to touch us, they got bigger and bigger and just landed on each of us and washed us. So thank you, Lord, for washing us in your precious blood. Thank you, Jesus. 
Thank you for the power in your blood. Thank you, Lord, for your goodness, your healing, and your cleansing. In Jesus' name, amen. I just feel like we need to end with just as what we're preaching, touching the hem of his garment, an encounter with him. That's what we need, right? We're hungry for you, Jesus. We're desperate for you, Jesus. So I'm gonna open up this space like an altar and um, maybe we can sing like Revelation song. That's the one. Yeah, if you just need a touch from Jesus, if you are stirred at all, I wanna invite you to come forward. If she can run and push through the crowds and pass the shame of those that she might be making unclean, to be made clean by the very savior of the world, the least we can do is respond.
the mention of your name. Jesus, your miss power and breath in living water, such a marvelous mystery. Sing holy and holy, holy, holy is the Lord God Almighty, who was and is and is to come. With all creation I sing praise to the King of kings. You are my everything, and I will adore you. again filled with wonder mm. we're filled with wonder and awestruck wonder at the mansion oh fill us with wonder God filled with wonder and awestruck wonder at the mention of your name sing it out jesus your name is power breath in living water such a marvelous mystery and holy 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 is the King of kings, you are my everything, and I will adore you. We give to you, we give to you. Just one touch, just one glance, guy. To see the fire in your eyes, like I can see worlds in your eyes. Oh, have your oh in the city. Oh, have your. 
forgiving yeah. and still lifting still transforming oh yeah. sing just the voices holy 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 So feel free just to stay in this place. Leave whatever you need to leave behind. If you need to speak out forgiveness, even to yourself, mark it in the ground today. Leave it at the foot of the cross. Receive his grace and his mercy. Receive his enabling power that he so freely wants to give. your name. Amen. It's hard to do, to go on from here, but I really feel like our church body is going from glory to glory. Every week we're, we're, we're being exposed to what Jesus is doing, what he's saying. And so just Let's just continue to let him to massage that into our lives, to, to continue to soften our hearts so that more and more of these experiences can be real and felt and 
see life change with our community, with our city. So thank you guys for venturing in with us today. We speak blessing over every single one of you. Thank you, Holy Spirit. Seal what you're doing in their hearts, in their lives. We bless that covering and that protection that the enemy cannot steal what the Lord is gifting. We thank you for the shield around your people, that you are the tower that we run into, safe away from harm. And we thank you for your lingering, abiding, resting presence. In Jesus' name, amen.